Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour, and today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether we're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words in the upper left-hand corner that say Start Here, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? That chapter of the book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet, and it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Just click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you do that, before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It also contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we hope people do all of that soon and often because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives when they tap into these tools and apply them in their lives. It also tends to promote comments, questions, answers, or testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, it will put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I will turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code, and we can have a conversation. You can also download a whole host of audio files on that page where... 
people have been stepped through the worksheet process and or they've called in to give powerful testimonials about how the use of that tool has improved the quality of life and relationships for them. You can also go to mindshiftersacademy.org, and that's a website that got put up about four years ago to help expand the exposure to this work, and it has some highlight shows. There's a best of audio files page. There's an audio files page. There's all of the shows that we did last year on the way of mastery with commentary, and there's pages to give you the information for how to join us for our two support groups that we run on Tuesday and Thursday night, unless it's an actual holiday or there's some kind of a weather crisis that prevents us. We've been doing that for almost 19 years now, every Tuesday night, and um, a little over 10 years for the Thursday night. So... um, Please go and check out MindShiftersAcademy.org for all of the free resources there. And then give us a call and let us know what's your favorite part of either the website or the audio files of past shows or the worksheet process that's demonstrated in some of those past shows. Again, the call-in number is 563-999-3581. And we appreciate it when people call that number and press 1 because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. Our intention with this work is to be of service. And if you give us a call and let us know how we can be of service, we appreciate that. We have made the commitment to try and, uh, or at least make the space for um, at least one worksheet Per show this year and uh, if you have an issue that you would like help with we can put that on a worksheet and or map out the worksheet for you so that you can do the worksheet on your own if you'd prefer not to talk about your issues on the internet show you can still get really good benefit by making sure that you've got uh, the external events in your life that are showing up in, in your mind's eye about what's going on lined up with the thoughts you're using to create the emotions you're experiencing and have all of that lined up with what your mind is telling you needs to change in the world outside of you or within yourself in order for you to have relief or to be happy or to restore yourself to calm. And when all those things are lined up and put on the worksheet process and then you engage the goal-canceling central part of the worksheet process, you can tap into the power of this tool. And we would love to help you do just that. Um, So let us know how we can be of service. I... um, I've gotten a couple people commenting recently. There's a there's a free um, social media network that's just specifically for people who are looking to get support for their mental health and give support to others for mental health, and it's called Amity, A-M-I-T-Y. And you can tap into that through journeysdream.org website. 
And I posted on that Amity app the um, the link to the shows that I made available between Christmas of 2022 and New Year's Day of 2023, um, which are all audio files of shows where I was doing work, playing, um, describing worksheets I'd done, and hopefully laying out um, a um, a roadmap for how they fit together. How when I have a worksheet uh, on on an issue, and then I specify the thought I'm using to create the emotion and the outside event that my mind wants me to believe is causing my upset, and um, what my mind is telling me has to change in order for me to be happy or safe or comfortable. And then when I cancel all of that, as long as those things are lined up, as long as the thought is related to the emotion I'm experiencing and the thought is related to what my mind is telling me about the outside incident, and the goal that I choose is one that even if it's you know an idealistic or utopian goal, if it were to come true, even if it's completely unrealistic that it would ever happen, if it were to come true, my mind is telling me that there would be no reason for this worksheet. And when I line up all of those things, remembering that all my thoughts are energy, they are just energies, and this is an energetic universe that works on the law of resonance, when I think those thoughts and then I cancel them and ask to be shown something else, what gets resonated in my mind, no matter how far in the past it, it is, will somehow have relevance to my present moment situation. So I posted those, the links to those shows that we did from Christmas 2022 to New Year's Day 2023, and um, and then I made a note of it on this Amity app, and um, the Amity person named Carl with a K took the time to listen back to some of those files and gave a very nice summary, integrating lots of different things I talked about, bringing in... Uh, Rumi, because I mentioned Rumi, bringing in David White, the poet, since I mentioned David White. And um, so just, you know, there's all kinds of ways people are reaching out to help and support other people. And the Amity app, A-M-I-T-Y, and if you go to journeystream.org and search for Amity, you'll get the link to join for free. And... Um, you can read the article that Carl wrote about that work that I presented and the benefits he's getting from listening to those files and doing his own worksheets. So if you're benefiting from the work, if you've done worksheets, if you're uh, benefiting from having us present the worksheets on the show, give us a call. Let us know. Um, the the uh, heart and soul of this work comes down to helping each other, helping myself and helping others who want to learn by example, 
dismantle the process within me that creates my negative emotions. And, of course, this upsetting, this upsets the apple cart in that the apple cart in our culture has been telling us that you made me angry, you hurt my feelings, that situation is tragic, that situation is marvelous. When this happened, it created this emotion in me, etc. And this work observes very directly that that's never happened. I create my own emotions by the way I choose an interpretation for the unfolding life events in front of me, and then I pour my mind energy into the thoughts that make up that interpretation. And if I pour enough of my mind energy into the thoughts that generate the emotion of anger, I will feel the anger. And it doesn't matter how many people are around me who, who might say to me, well, gee, that's nothing to get angry about. I can generate the anger. I need no further justification than my thought telling me I'm justified. One of the little quirky um, quotes I used to say is, um, an excuse doesn't have to be valid in order for me to use it. Right? I don't need to wait until I find a valid excuse for something. I can use any excuse. Years ago when I worked in a juvenile hall, I ran across this. The work was based on paradox and counter-paradox. And there was a book and and in it, they told a story about the man who was um, making soup one day. And his neighbor came over and asked him, hey, can I borrow your axe? And the man said, oh, no, I'm sorry, you can't borrow my axe. I'm making soup. And the, man, the neighbor turned to go, and at the last minute he turned back and he said, wait a minute, what does your making soup have to do with me borrowing your axe? And the man said, well, nothing, but if I don't want to loan you my axe, one excuse is as good as another. So the point is, it doesn't have to be the truth that you caused my emotions. All that has to happen is I have to make the thought in my head resonate strongly enough, and I have the experience of you causing my emotions. Because my experience of life, as we were reminded so thoroughly all year long in the way of mastery, my experience of life is created by my choice. My choice of what to believe. My choice of what to pour my life energy into, my, my mind energy into. That's what creates my experience of life. Not the outside events, not your behavior, not anybody else's behavior. So we're turning that upside down and observing for ourselves very directly that when I choose a thought pattern that if I pour enough mind energy into it will generate an emotional state, that's what creates my emotions. 
And it doesn't matter how many times people on the outside have told me, you made me angry, you hurt my feelings, you're scaring me, you're offending me. The fact is, offense is created inside the individual who chooses an interpretation and a thought pattern and then pours their mind energy into it. This is another reason a number of years ago I I started saying to people, please don't take offense, even if it's offered. And sometimes people say, what do you mean by that? And I say, well, because getting offended by something is a choice I make every time I choose the thoughts that say, that's offensive. And then I pour enough of my mind energy into it until I have the energy of anger or irritation or righteous indignation or being offended or hurt. Somebody can come up to me when I'm having a good day, and this is not a person that I know. I'm just some stranger on the street or somebody that you know doesn't like something that... that um, Somebody named Tim Hayes, who wasn't me, said or did something, and somebody can come up to me and say, ah, Tim Hayes, you, and throw all kinds of insults at me. And and if I'm having a good day, I probably will just chuckle and move on. If I'm not having a good day and I get caught up in the thoughts and I think, well, this person has no right to talk to me that way, I'm the great and powerful Dr. Hayes, and that's going to have to end, and I can easily generate upset and offense. But it's not being caused by what the other person said or did. And one of the great benefits of doing worksheets on a regular basis is that I get to demonstrate to myself the truth of this observation over and over again. Every time I do a worksheet and nothing on the outside changes, but my upset level drops, I've actively affirmed for myself, oh, those emotions, that upset was an inside job because nothing outside of me changed and the emotions have dissipated. Or they've gone completely or they've turned from anger to sadness or from sadness to fear, etc. I don't have to move from some negative emotion into a bliss state every time I do a worksheet in order to understand the power of the worksheet. Anytime I get a shift, and we've had a couple worksheets that I've done so far this year on the Internet show where I started with sadness, and then I had a flash of insight, and I, I still had the emotion of sadness, but I was able to say, this has a very different feeling to it. And this is about a completely different target of thoughts. So I can fill out another worksheet with those different thoughts. And those different thoughts will lead to a different goal. And when I cancel that thought and goal, it'll take me to a different part of my mind. And what we're doing in this work is basically spelunking. We're cave diving in the unconscious mind, in the part of our mind that some fearful part of our mind, our brain has said, hey, This is too much for you to handle, Tim. We're going to hide this from you. We're going to create a barrier that makes it difficult, if not impossible, for you to be consciously aware of this material because 
it's too scary, it's too overwhelming, it's too rage-inducing, it's too this, that, or the other thing. Too grief-filled. You'll get overwhelmed. You'll start crying and not be able to stop. You won't be able to function at work, so we're going to hide this from you. Now, we, who's we in that statement? The parts of my mind that are fearful. It's my own mind that creates the unconscious. So what we're doing in this work is we're inviting the unconscious to come to the surface so we can be consciously aware of it and work with it directly so we can see without all of the distortions of our wounded filters and our trauma filters and our false beliefs that we've been programmed with by the culture, that we can see openly and directly in direct observation the truth of how our thoughts are off the mark. And the more we pour energy into thoughts that are off the mark, the more negative emotions we experience. So that's what we're here to work on. That's what we're here to support people in doing regularly. Rice yesterday was talking about, he wanted to talk about the healing process. And one of the things he said in the show yesterday was how critically important it is to be doing the work consistently, persistently, that, you know, um, a little bit of back pain and a few worksheets and the back pain is gone doesn't mean the issue is resolved. It might mean that some of the issues have been resolved. It might mean that I've opened up another area of trauma that my mind says, oh, you better clear this out before you finish working on the back pain. And it might mean that I'm I'm temporarily free of the back pain and I won't be able to bring that upset dynamic to the surface for quite a while until my uh, fearful part of my mind have been convinced that I've gotten strong enough to handle whatever they have decided I'm not strong enough to handle. So this is another reason that I encourage people to use tools like the breath work and the EFT tapping and really work persistently and consistently with the Reality Management Worksheet and the EFT tapping and uh, the breath that sets my physiology toward that parasympathetic, that rest and digest mode. So I work with it daily, even when I'm not upset, even when I'm calm. I work with that type of breathing that has me take a nice full deep breath hold it at the top, comfortably filling the lungs, pause at the top for two or three seconds, and then exhale in a controlled, slow way so that it takes me at least 10 seconds to exhale, if not longer. When I do that, I'm sending an irrefutable signal to my body, to the energy system we call the physiological energy system, that I'm not 
in a life-threatening situation. I do not need to go into the stress response or the fight-or-flight response. I can sit and soften and breathe and open to whatever I'm feeling, even if it's a very unpleasant feeling. Even if there are parts of me that are terrified that have been activated. The truth of who I am, as we talked about over and over again last year as we were reading The Way of Mastery, the truth of who you are has never been chipped, dented, rusted, faded, or broken in any way. You remain as you were created to be, and you are not, as as an entity, as a mind, you are not vulnerable to be hurt. Your thoughts about yourself can be challenged, and if you've come to identify your thoughts about yourself as who you really are, then it can seem that that's challenging or that's upsetting. You can generate a tremendous amount of upset when somebody challenges your thoughts. But that's another really good thing for you to then step into the process of releasing your attachment to your beliefs and thoughts. Because you are not your thoughts. You remain as you were created to be. You are the extension of the Christ mind in form. You are a miracle of life expressing in form. And when you tap into that and experience it directly, kind of what Michael would say, consciously, you dramatically shift your experience of life moment to moment. One of the ways Michael would recommend to do this years ago when I first started listening to his uh, lectures and DVDs, and he would say, just moment to moment, reset the filters in your mind over intention and over perception. Reset them continuously. Breathe and soften and say, I, I choose to set the filter over intentions in my mind to love. I choose to reset the filter over perception in my mind to love. The, the word for it in Aramaic is rachma, over intention, and kuba, over perception. But, you know, you don't need to say those ancient Aramaic words. You can just say, I choose to reset my filters over intention to love. I choose to reset my filters over perception to love. I choose to see only loving things. I choose to see the highest and best in everyone and everything. And then I choose to cooperate only with that. And we have a number of people that were doing the work back then in the support group. And that would be the beginning of their getting tremendous benefits and shifts in this work, is that they would just breathe and soften and say, I reset my filters. And they would do it multiple times in a minute whenever they were triggered to any kind of an upset. And that would be enough to give them space. This would be perhaps before they were tapping into the the benefits of doing EFT tapping. And it would help them get some space, some calm, uh, a, a distance from the thoughts that were generating their upset. 
and having them focus their thoughts consciously on setting loving filters, on seeing only love, on perceiving only love, on intending only love. It's very similar to the uh, ancient Aramaic definition for humility, which is it's the ability to look for and see the highest and best in another person and then choose to cooperate only with that. Only cooperate with the highest and best, which means someone might be raging and screaming and swearing in my face and I can take a breath and get centered and realize this is a being of brilliance and light standing in front of me, just like I am. We are no different. And this being of brilliance and light is either acting as though they are consciously aware of their true nature or they're acting out of pain, fear, or sadness because they've either temporarily forgotten or they have yet to discover their brilliance. They have yet to discover the truth of themselves that is true always, as the way of mastery would call us to. But just because the eagle has forgotten that it's an eagle doesn't mean it's not an eagle. There's that story of the eagle that was the eagle egg that was found on the ground and picked up and put in a, a, a chicken nest. And this eagle is growing up and scratching and pecking for seeds out in the chicken yard with all the other chickens. And one day, an eagle swoops down and says, what are you doing here? And the eagle that thinks it's a chicken says, I'm, I'm just eating. I'm just doing what, what I'm supposed to do. And so, you know, eventually various forms of the story exist. But in this one, the eagle convinced the eagle that thought it was a chicken to follow him over to the farm pond and bend over and look inside and see his reflection and it dawned on him that, oh my gosh, I don't look like the other chickens. I look just like this eagle that brings up from the ground and soars in the sky. And and that was the beginning of it, realizing its true nature. Well, that's what we're trying to do in each and every worksheet process. We are trying to refocus our attention and our awareness back to our true nature. Because every time we choose to pour our mind energy into thoughts that result in a negative emotion, it means we have forgotten to stay focused on our true nature. It means that there is a process of distortion occurring in our perception, which, if it left unchecked, will keep us imprisoned. Keep us thinking and functioning as though we are not the effect of love in form. We are not the creative energy expressing in form. We aren't part of the Christ mind, etc. So there's a very directive, very practical way for us to move back into the awareness of our true nature. And that is, pick up a worksheet process. Get very clear about what my thoughts are doing. 
wake up to the fact that my thoughts are probably best used as a guidance system. And any time I pour enough of my mind energy into a thought that it results in a negative emotion, that is best used by me as a warning sign, as an alarm bell, to tell me that my thoughts are in error. And if I pick up a worksheet process, in the first three steps, I map out what I'm doing with my thoughts, with my perception, what my mind is telling me is causing my upset, what the actual thought is that I'm using to create the negative emotion, and what my mind is telling me has to happen in order for me to be happy or safe or contented again. And then I cancel all of that and step into a brief meditation asking to be shown what's the actual process in my mind creating this upset that's the process that liberates me that's the process that helps me step into a direct observation of how i'm the one creating my emotional upset so our call in number is 563-999-3581 Call that number and press 1. We can help you step through a worksheet process or frame out a worksheet process or discuss a worksheet if you've been fortunate enough to pick up the tool and try it recently. In the absence of someone doing that, we might have a a worksheet I can do here. I'll pull up the app, and I will look at, um, on the app, there's a reality management wake-up sheet that is abbreviated, and so that's what one I'll use for today, and when I open that up, and I put on this list, um, this reality management wake-up sheet, worksheet. I, Tim, who am love, have, through denial, trained my carbon-based memory, which means simply the brain in my head that's there to record what gets poured into it and replay it whenever it's requested. I've trained my mind to show me the lie that my feelings and that my giving up the experience of my essence as love are caused by people and things outside of me. In this case, it would be um, the uh, board members. And I'm going to say slash founders. And what happened was they held a meeting um, in which there were many mixed messages. So held a meeting with mixed messages. My feelings resonated by that situation with a reminder that all hostility and fear is coming from internal corrupt data. And my mind was helping me generate Irritation. My thoughts 
causing that irritation were this is not truthful. And I wanted to punish uh, or avoid them by calling them out. in the middle of the meeting. So then I hit next on that worksheet process and it says, I choose to love truth and willingly go through the physical, the mental, and the emotional symptoms of healing. And again, the physical uh, symptoms of healing might be any negative physical sensation I've ever had and fatigue. The mental emotional, uh, the mental uh, symptoms of healing might be any negative thought I've ever had and confusion. And the emotional symptoms of healing might be any negative emotion I've ever had and depression. So the goal I had for uh, that team, then I want to make sure I state it in positive words, and the exact goal I had for that team was to speak directly and truthfully so that I can feel trusting and I'm going to put of them and my own judgment so I can feel trusting of them and my own judgment. And I hit next, and it takes me to the step four. Step four says, I want to choose to reconnect my conscious awareness to my true nature as love. And it reminds us of the rose and the butterfly story where if a rose and a butterfly meet and they've got an ego, they fall madly in love, everything goes on swimmingly until one day the butterfly, true to its nature, picks up and flies away. The rose, mistaking its love for the butterfly as being more important, uproots itself from its connection to its source and chases after the butterfly and thereby it dies. When I'm living my life and I choose a set of thoughts and interpretations for life that lead me to feel a negative emotional state, I am just like the rose. I forget that my true nature is love and my access to the awareness of that is always available. And if I choose to focus my mind energy on thoughts less than that, I'm the one initiating the pain that I experience. So I breathe into that and I put my hand over my heart space and I remind myself of the most loving, safe, happy, contented memories that I can bring up until I actually shift the energy in my heart space right now away from the irritation that was there when I started this worksheet 
and I shift over to the loving energy. And then I breathe into that, and I feel the shift, and then I hit next. And that brings me to step five. Step five says, in order to collapse my false reality, I know it's false because it's generating a negative emotion, and to be liberated from my hostility and fear, and to maintain my conscious awareness of myself as love, and to see the truth about me and about everyone around me, including my object of attention, in this worksheet, which are the board members' founders, I cancel my goal for them to speak directly and truthfully. And I invite Ruka. Which is the ancient Aramaic word for an internal force given to each of us to break off the effects of our errors in thought and to guide us to truth and happiness if we just ask it to. So I'm asking Ruka to incline me toward healing, to restore me to my original awareness of my true nature as love, to assist me in keeping that love conscious, active, and present, and to help me open a direct relationship with and come into contact directly with the denied and dissociated and projected parts of my carbon-based memory so that I can gently remove them. And then I put my hand over my heart space again and I repeat this forgiveness pattern, which sounds something like this. I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. I specifically cancel my goal in this worksheet and I ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's actually creating this upset. And then I just breathe and soften. And I trust that any thoughts that come into my awareness, any thoughts, any physical sensations, any emotions, any images from the past, recent or distant past, that whatever bubbles up is going to be part of what I need to see to begin to heal here and move forward. So I breathe and I soften and I flash on a situation where a person basically set me up to get attacked by coworkers. And a job I had, one of the first jobs I had after I got my license in psychology. So I breathe and I soften. And I take a breath, scan my body, and I still, at this point, I feel a kind of a tightness in my forehead. And I feel... I would say anger. And I'm going to put anger here. So it's a whole different flavor of, uh, it's not the mildness of the irritation and the confusion from before. It's tightness in my forehead and anger. And about the situation, number one, I realized that um, it is 
resonating something from 1993. So I'm just making a note here, and I'll just put the words that... um, Therapeutic Day School is where I was working at the time. And I will know what that means. And then I ask to be shown a time when I have not spoken directly or truthfully for myself or others. And... I put my initials in there and just open to the different ways and times one thought that flashes in was um my early teen years and I'm just making a note about that and then the next step is number 7 I acknowledge us this whole team and these founders for creating truth perfect love And the goal I'm going to write for them is to do, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to need at least three worksheets on the memory that just came up. So I'm going to continue to dismantle the irritation that resonates in a very similar way with the irritation I was feeling um, a few weeks ago at this board meeting. And then I send that to myself through email so I can reference it again. And I take a breath. And I would say that's a a useful worksheet, a productive worksheet, or a successful worksheet because now I've got a connection to something that I probably haven't thought about this particular uh, upsetting or disruptive interaction for a number of years. And so... um, So it'll be interesting for me to see what happens as I do three more worksheets on that situation. And the situation was that I was working for therapeutic day schools, and I think they had six different schools, and I was primarily working at three of them. But one was my home school, and I I was there four, sometimes five days a week and had been for months, the better part of a year. And then they liked the work I was doing, and so they asked me to go consult for one of their other schools that was having more problems. And I went there, and I was um, scheduled to be there with the director of the school, the principal of the school, and have a meeting at the end of the school day with the team that works at the school. And this is a therapeutic day school, so this is, you know, these are these are... We're dealing with kids that have some of the worst of the worst gang problems around Chicago area, and um, 
lots and lots of childhood trauma. They've been kicked out of every other school there is. This is basically their last last chance to stay living at their home or in their communities. If they bomb out of here, they're going to get shipped out of state to some residential facility. So a lot of trauma, a lot of stress. You might imagine that the staff that work in a place like that, they've got to be ready to restrain kids on a regular basis. They've got to deal with, you know, kids throwing gang signs and swearing. And so it's a really rough crowd. And instead of having the principal there for the meeting, the principal no-showed, and everybody was looking at me to tell them why they'd been gathered for this meeting. And it was a complete setup by the principal to make sure that the people at the school ganged up on me rather than formed a team to help solve the problems at the school. And um, so that's worth a few worksheets, and I will do that and see how I might find other other connections, other thoughts and emotional connections to this board meeting that I was in a few weeks ago where I felt that they were really not being truthful, that they were being that they were really just pumping out lots of mixed messages. And um, I was left feeling confused and irritated. So our call-in number, we've got about 10 minutes left, 563-999-3581. Give us a call. Press 1. Let us know what's how this is landing for you. Or if you have questions about the worksheet I did or any worksheets we've done so far this year. you need any assistance in figuring out how this might be relevant? Something that happened, what does that look like? That looks like 30 years ago. It popped into my mind when I canceled the goal for something for a group of people that I was dealing with three weeks ago. 563-999-3581. Call that number, press 1, we can have a conversation. Area code 610, is this Susan? Hi, Dr. Tim. I apologize, I've been in and out of your show. I heard the worksheet, though, Um, uh, and I may get it interrupted again. That's just a lot going on. I was shocked and struck by the fact, I'm sure there's a ton more to say, that you you were set up in that way. Um, it sounds just awful. And I know I'm not being <laughs> very productive. I don't even really have a question except that there's a lot of probably detail in history here to explain why you would have been put in that position then and it's a powerful memory to not have come up until now, or maybe it has, but this worksheet triggered remembering that. Well, uh, I have certainly had the memory before. 
Yeah. And it's come up on different, you know, different models that I use, whether it's the neuroemotional technique or some EFT tapping. But I haven't had it come up for a number of years. Mm. And, and, you know, so the connection for me um, isn't clear yet. There is yeah. some connection in, in terms of um, it, it was not honest for that right. um, for the principal of the school to tell me he would be there for this meeting to get the, all of the staff together and then tell them that I had called the meeting. Oh, brother. Yeah, I didn't and catch then, that. Maybe I missed that. Yeah. But maybe I didn't say it quite that way, but that's what was happening is they wanted to know why I called this meeting. And, of course, there were all kinds of dynamics going on. I, You know, while we were all employees of the same parent company, there was a lot of, um, shall we say, uh, identification with I work at this school, I'm part of this team, and they saw me as an outsider. Oh, okay. And then he set it up so that they would think I'm an outsider coming in trying to tell them how to do their jobs. Yeah, okay. When I had been invited as a consultant, you know, a doctorate in clinical psychology, lots and lots of years experience working in corrections and and doing therapy for years before I got my doctorate and and yet, that you know, we can guess at what was going on for the principal that he was feeling threatened. That our boss had told him that I was supposed to go there and help him because his school was not functioning as well as the schools that I was attending or working at mm-hmm. more more frequently. But you know, I'll never know exactly because mm-hmm. you know it's the kind of thing where. Anybody who would be that um, sneaky, that would be that Mm. dishonest, is Mm. never going to come and tell you the truth about what was going on. Yeah. Well, then the question comes to my mind is how do we field an experience like that where it looks as if you were just outright scapegoated? and yet you do not want to take the victim position. Well, the, the facts are, are, are the same, but I don't have to generate offense by it. Right? In, earlier in the show I was saying, yeah. it came to me a number of years ago to say, please don't take offense even if it's offered. Yeah, that's right. right. That's good. And, and, and what happened in that, workplace was that this kind of thing happened one one uh, I was going to say one too many times it didn't happen one too many times it happened enough that I said oh I don't want to work here and I left yeah <clears throat> because it was just really good feedback for me that this is not the kind of place I want to work and I didn't have right. the authority I didn't have the, any kind of uh, financial resources or authority to change the system, and the system wasn't anything that I wanted to work in. So rather mm-hmm. than being somebody who's a victim of that, 
I used it as somebody who could read the signs and use it to say, oh, this isn't a good place for you. Guy Finley has some stories about that, right? The the park ranger who finds himself surrounded by crocodiles and water buffaloes and lions and and all of a sudden as the 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 onlooker is looking the park ranger turns to each of the animals and says something and then instantaneously the park ranger is high above it all on a bluff somewhere looking down at that and mm. the observer goes over and says what what did you say it was magic and he said oh i just said you know this isn't a good place for me to be mhm because the place i put myself in internally is what matters yeah. Right? If I say, oh, I can't believe this guy did this to me and I'm going to get even with him, now I'm putting myself in the mud with the pigs. Right. And then I complain about getting dirty. Mm-hmm. But if I step back and I say, okay, wait a minute, anybody who would pull a move like this that is deceitful, that is intentionally disruptive to the school, intentionally disruptive and potentially hurtful to me as an outsider, that's a very wounded person. And Mm -hmm. I don't have any relationship with them where I would go to them and offer to, you know, help them with their pain or their suffering. So I realize a person that's that wounded who has that kind of power isn't somebody who's safe for me to be around, and I use that to get myself out of that situation, to put myself mm-hmm. in a safe situation. Right. That's always a tension, isn't it? I mean, Michael's book is, why is this happening to me again? And you could say, it's my fault. And on some level, okay. it may oh, okay. be. But, but my- listen, but listen, take it out of the outside circumstance. What happened to me in that situation isn't that this person lied and and these people got angry at me. What happened to me in that situation is I mistook my upset for something that was being caused by them. Mm -hmm. What's happening to me again is when I generate emotions and blame them on somebody else. That's the only thing that's happening to me again. That's the only thing I can change. I don't get to change the flow of life around me. I don't get to change the outside events. I do get to change what I attribute my upset to. I get to look inside and say, oh, I'm creating upset here. Or I get to blame it on somebody else. If I blame it on somebody else, if I find myself upset with this outside circumstance, again, that's something I can change. Mm-hmm. So don't think so much in terms of why is this outside event happening to me again. In that book, think of, oh, how is it that I'm trying to blame someone else for my emotions again? Because that's something I can change right now with a shift of focus, with some canceling of goals, with some breath work, with some tapping with a shift in awareness, with some direct observation, I can step out of that pattern regardless of what's happening outside of me. 
And there is the fact that sometimes those patterns may repeat one, two, or three times before we recognize somehow our participation in getting ourselves into that kind of situation over again. I'm talking about my my husband yes. who seems to run into the same yes. sort but of that's, situation. That's, but that's part of you know a process in which every time I sit in, decide to spin in negative thoughts about or speak or act from a negative emotional state, I'm going to make my situation worse because I'm not seeing clearly. I'm not, I am perceiving through the distortion of the negative filter. Right. All right. So keep the focus on the inside. I thank you for the call. We're past our hour, so I will mute you so you can listen in. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. Welcome, Jeannie Rice, turning on your microphone. Thank thank you, Dr. Tam. Appreciate that. All right. So... Welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Tuesday, January the 31st, 2023, the last day of the month. Where has this month gone? And our call-in number is 563-999-3581 and press 1, and that puts you into queue to talk to us. We'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And we had a couple people ask about the boron video from yesterday. So that is now on our YouTube channel, and I'll put the link to it in the notes for today. So thank you for reminding us of that, and welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. Delighted that you're here. And uh, we are heading into a new month. The 12th of the year is over already. How does it move that quickly? I don't know. And virtually everybody seems to agree that it's moving pretty quickly in any event. uh, We'll be putting the latest worksheet on the website probably a little later today, maybe not until tomorrow. But, you know, the worksheet is up on the plate, and uh, so made a – Another few minor tweaks, put a couple more definitions in the definition section, and uh, made a couple of small shifts. Nothing major, but uh, hopefully clarifying the process. It's a a simpler short-form worksheet than the one we've been currently using. We're going to encourage people to want to start out with something a little simpler to start with that, and then step up to the the more detailed sheet that gives a few more uh, pieces of, uh, of work to do in the process. So I'm excited about that coming together and uh, all things rocking forward. Ms. Jeannie, do we have anybody on the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Nope, it is all quiet. All is quiet on the Eastern Front? Yes. I did just get a text from Susan, and she said she's had 
two two tablespoons of borax in the last two days, and she's still alive. And she wanted to know, is it boron or borax? Well, the element is boron, and according to the uh, the video that I was talking about, the uh, the best way to get it is through 20 Mule Team Borax, a retail product. Even though it's got a poison warning on it, it's not poisonous. It's basically just boron. But two teaspoons in two days is quite a bit. Uh, if you remember, we talked about putting two te- two tablespoons in a liter bottle, so about a quart quart of water, letting it dissolve, and then just doing a couple of tablespoons of that diluted water a day. So you've probably got quite a bit there. Uh, You'd need a whole lot more for it to be toxic, so you're not going to have any problem with it, I don't think, but but you might want to not move quite that quickly. And uh, the video is, I was having, I had trouble transferring the video or sending it. So we did finally, actually just about 10 minutes ago, get it uploaded to YouTube. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you can get to that by just going to YouTube and typing Michael Rice, R-Y-C-E, or you can get that by going to whyagain.org and you'll see the social media links. And if you click the social media link, for YouTube, you'll be on our channel. So it's an interesting interview, so and uh, a new piece of information for me. I did not realize that that particular mineral was so in so much of a crisis in terms of deficiency in the country. So, but I wouldn't push a teaspoon down a day. That's, that sounds like it could be a little. A little too she much. said the diluted amount is what she meant. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, I'm still waiting to get mine from, uh, we ordered some yesterday, but it's not here yet. So we don't go out of the house that much anymore. So so that's one of the pieces of the puzzle that we're looking at. And uh, we want to look again at this amazing, awesome delightful actually let me read a a note that I got from a gentleman uh, just this morning or pardon me yesterday afternoon uh, this gentleman started doing the uh, codependence to interdependence he'd done worksheets several years ago dropped back into the work and started doing codependence back about I think I'm looking through his text I think it was about six weeks ago Oh, maybe just four weeks ago. In the event, he dropped me a note asking if I could, he could share the worksheet and the codependence work with a his medical doctor who's a specialist in trauma. He says, I want to ask your permission if I could email such and such, the medical doctor, and let him know of the many approaches I've used over the years with some success for complex PTSD, and now I used forgiveness worksheets and the codependence to interdependence work and a huge, rapid, miraculous result. And he says, I bet I don't even have complex PTSD anymore. Don't feel it at all when exposed to the triggers. So that's a pretty sweet testimonial. A month of after years of being treated for PTSD, and not just normal PTSD, but complex PTSD. Here's someone says, I'm free of it. Feels like it's gone. 
And, you know, to me, the atrocity, and it's, it's, um, it's one that seems to be difficult for people to get at first. It takes time because the brain cells that we have had pounded into us over the years tell us that forgiveness is about how I'm going to let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me. And I was actually talking to another physician this morning and explained that, you know, explained the process, that it was an internal process and had to do with changing the content of the mind. Uh, he was talking about forgiving someone else, and I explained, no, it's an internal process. It's got nothing to do with letting anybody off the hook for what's going on inside of you. You know, the denial is the pretense that something outside of you is causing what's going on inside of you. And so we've gotten this mistaken idea of forgiveness. And uh, so it was a fairly detailed explanation. His next words were, oh, so you mean I have to forgive myself? It's like, no. Never, ever, ever forgive anybody for anything, yourself or anybody else. But forgive continuously. Because when I say never forgive anybody for anything, it's, well, I thought your work was all about forgiveness. That's right, it is. But don't ever forgive anybody because forgiveness has got nothing to do with this crazy idea of letting other people off the hook for what's happening inside of you. Forgiveness is a piece of technology with which you go inside your own mind, you find the dissociated causes of your pain and you remove them. So that's where we want to go. So if someone's frustrated, angry, annoyed, enraged, afraid, lonely, lost, or whatever, dealing with a difficult situation, or responding out of one's own wounds and blaming others, that's always the opportunity to heal the pain content of one's own mind, body, and nervous system. If you doubt that, I suggest you do a search on YouTube for a song called Madness by Alanis Morissette. Madness. She does such a beautiful job in this song of explaining the repeating experiences, the why is this happening to me again experience. So when I hold unresolved trauma within me, it's easy to put the underlying energies of that trauma into my brain's internally constructed perceptual images of others. So I create a construct called perception, and I pretend that, that the, the construct in my mind is showing me somebody out there in the world and that they're the cause of the way my mind's trauma or pain-based interpretation of events at least appear to me to be the truth, which directly leads away from understanding what is really true. There is no real healing until we can tell fact from interpretation, reality from actuality. So reality is a construct of the mind, and most people live in the realities in their minds. They have very little or no contact or association whatsoever with actuality. 
they substitute these constructs and these holographic images generated by the mind they put in front of what's actually going on in the world and their opportunity to experience that. When many, if not all of our wounds and therefore our pain come from genetically inherited traumas, multi-generational assaults reinforced through unconscious actions, generation after generation stored and repeated ad nauseum. Each pain perception appears to be different, but all are based on that hidden dissociated trauma that, when activated, obscures the subtle and permanently available experience of ourselves as our true nature, which is love. It overrides the experience of that subtle energy of love. Recognizing it blocks to the awareness of ourselves as love are never imposed from the outside. They're internal and, and they're removable. If, of course, one has the technology to do so. I offer that all healing and the return to love, experiencing ourselves as who we are, is strictly an inside job. There's a work to be done. All construct of one of one's mind, mind, I guess, are autobiographical. They tell us first and foremost what is going on inside of us. So everything your mind outputs tells you first what's inside of you before it makes it into a picture that you think is something outside of you. So, so if we, you know, if you imagine painting a picture and you have six colors to paint with, no matter what the picture is that you paint, the picture always tells you what the six colors are that you have to paint with. Perception is like a painting content of that perception, pained, traumatized, or delightful, tells you about the brushes that you're making it with. So until genera each generational trauma is like a brush, and until those traumas are removed or healed, we're easily tricked into believing the false pictures and perceptions generated by our minds. As long as we believe that something outside of us is the cause rather than just a trigger of what's moving within, we inhabit a world of lies. Feelings do not come from pictures. They come from internally generated energies and they're all self-imposed. Blamers, those who insist that others are the problem, would do really well to understand denial. The act of thinking or speaking as though something outside of oneself is the cause of what's moving on the inside. Denial results in instant dissociation. The hiding of the truth, which blocks awareness of one's own internal dynamics, resulting in an unnatural condition called an unconscious mind. Carl Jung did some awesome work in describing the unconscious and the source of the unconscious. 
as well as the seemingly unavoidable repeating painful experiences. Most everybody thinks, you know, why is this happening to me again? It just goes on and on, over and over and over again. There's a reason. If you've been through it 87 different times with 42 different people, you'll notice you're the only one that was there every time. Trauma is going to recur until resolved by the action of changing old familial habits of mind. Young says, everything that, and I'm going to put in quotes, appears to everything that irritates us about others can lead to understanding of oneself. Why is that? Well, Young goes on to say, whatever is rejected from the self appears, and let's put in brackets there, through blame in the world, let's put in brackets, called perception, as an event. He says we meet ourselves, and of course that's meet ourselves in our projections on others, we meet ourselves time and again in a thousand disguises on the path of life until the unconscious becomes conscious. It will direct our lives and we will call it fate. It's time for us as human beings to put an end to the multi-generational fantasy of victimhood that many swear mistakenly is the truth. You're not a victim, you're a creator. So once we get that, we are not victims, we are creators. And when you own your creative power, everything changes. So repeating projected emotions and perceptions echo with words like, you made me so mad or sad or afraid or hurt. And the very things that people don't want to look at or deal with are the things that are most urgent to be looked at and dealt with. The question becomes, how do we make the unconscious conscious? Well, the tools for reliably opening what in the ancient teachings was called the veil of the temple, the temple being the body, the veil being the barrier between the subconscious and the unconscious, the barrier underneath which we keep our pain hidden. The tools for opening that and removal of salt energy appeared very clearly 2,000 years ago in the Aramaic language. That tool, forgiveness, in the ancient Aramaic language, is a process that uncovers and removes what we've hidden through denial within ourselves. Greek translations change forgiveness from an internal process to an outer-directed act. Forgive, we're told. Let them off the hook, we've been told. With that errant directive, the simple technology of forgiveness was lost to humanity. So in the Greek misinterpretation, we're convinced that we need to be forgiven for something rather than realizing that there's something to be forgiven or removed from within our own minds and genes. So people go around seeking forgiveness. People have bumper stickers on their car. I've been forgiven. You don't want to be forgiven. You want to engage in forgiveness, removing what never belonged from you. 
doing your part so that you access the hidden parts of the minds and remove it. So these energetic patterns that have been passed on for generations and generations, these energetic assaults have to be removed right down to our genes, from our genes. This slippery twist that the Greeks put into the process has left millions letting everybody else off the hook for what's going on in their own minds rather than taking responsibility and removing from their minds, forgiving the projected and hidden, often generational content within them. Letting someone outside of us off the hook for what's going on inside of us will never rid us of our experience of internally generated hurt, upset, or pain. And short of somebody cancel the thought punching you in the nose, nothing can hurt you. No event in the world can hurt you. But if there's hurt that's been denied and dissociated from, lots of events can come along and resonate that for you. And, and if you keep speaking, thinking, or speaking, remember in the now, if you think or speak as though something outside of you is the cause of what's moving in you, then you're going to attach what's moving in you to whatever that is out that is outside of you. Your mind's going to generate a construct that will show you that that is in fact the cause because your mind can only obey the words you give it. So laying somebody else off the hook is never going to rid us of what's going on inside of us. Outer-directed acts do not bring correction to internally generated dynamics. Engaging in actual forgiveness creates a visceral opening that facilitates the flow of light and love into every instant and every experience of our lives. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're alone or lonely, afraid or sad, rageful or hateful, through forgiveness, a clean and open space within your mind is created. And when that clean and open space is created within your mind, things change. Instant when forgiveness occurs, there's a transmutation the removal of the energy of pain. Pain and turmoil is always an invitation, always a directive to end denial, to learn and to apply forgiveness. Now, if you want to read more about that, if you want to learn more about that, there's several ways to do it. You can go to our YouTube channel. There are dozens of videos, and most of them talk about forgiveness. And to get to the YouTube channel, you simply go to YouTube and type in Michael Rice. You can download from our website a free copy of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? It's on the website free in nine different languages. The website is whyagain.org. So if you just type in whyagain.org forward slash book, you'll have access to all of those translations. So there's a free download link. The worksheet process can be done on the website live. She got that working. We were having trouble with it a couple of days ago, but she got it rocking. Our India technicians were awesome in jumping on it and getting it repaired. You can go to your app store in your phone 
and type in Heartland, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, Aramaic, A-R-A-M-A-I-C, forgiveness. You'll be looking at the world's only forgiveness app. There is only one in the world at this point. Jeannie created it. Awesome work, Jeannie. So again, go to your web, your um, your bookstore or your app store. Type in Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness, and there it is. And it's free. Although we may take your advice, Susan, we're looking at that. You can also go to the website and you can download worksheets, the step-by-step process. There's several different versions of it. And you can do the worksheet live on the website. So recognizing a perception, the world we think we see with our eyes, is literally an holographic projection of the mind. You realize we see nothing with our eyes. We see with our brains. And when you realize that's a construct, then if you understand what drives it, you can collapse the construct. And that's the genius of this man, Yeshua, from 2,000 years ago. And you'll notice that unless you're just a generally miserable person, you've never in your life been upset with anybody as long as they're fulfilling all the goals you have for them. Everybody's doing what you want them to do. Hey, you're a happy camper, right? So when you start to look at how the process works, it's going to seem kind of strange when we talk about goals there. But goals are the key way into collapsing the perceptual constructs of the mind. To YouTube. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Jeannie, we should put a Neil Seth's uh, YouTube video on our website. We could look into that, but in, in any event, go to YouTube and search for the name Anil, A-N-I-L, Seth, S-E-T-H. He's a professor of cognitive and computational neuroscience at a university in England. And he documents the research that shows that perception is just a mental construct. It's generated by the mind-body-nervous system. So go take a look at that video, and, and then you can, if you'd like, you can download from our website a copy of the book that the CIA publishes. It's a freebie on the CIA's website. We used to link it link to the CIA website, but they've moved it around so much that the link would keep breaking. So we now have it copied on our site. So the book is on human intelligence. And, quote, here is what they say. Here is what they discovered as they're studying. There's one chapter on perception, and here's what they discovered. Quote, perception is demonstrably an active rather than a passive process. It constructs rather than records reality. Perception is a process of inference, they say. in which people construct their own version of reality on the basis of information provided through the five senses. Now, of course, constructs its own version of reality based on the interaction between the information provided and the information already stored in the mind. 
Someone who has no trauma-based realities can stand in front of a pretty heavy-duty experience, and that information comes in through the senses, and they'll go, oh, there's a heavy-duty experience. Another person watching exactly the same event that has trauma-based information with them will generate, will tend to generate a trauma-based perceptual construct. So your mind, based on its content, literally constructs the world you see. And you can go to the website and uh, download the whole report on whyagain.org. Now, reality or perception, constructs of the mind, the output of the mind, is either a high-quality, accurate picture, quality, deceptive projection. And the indicator that you're getting high-quality output from your mind is that your physiology is holding to the presence of love. It means the mind's on track. Any form of fear and or hostility is an indicator that the mind is using corrupt data to build its projections rather than reflect accurate information about the actuality. So, so we live in a world of actuality, and then out from our minds is our reality, a construct from our minds. And it has a quality. And I just offer that, you know, if you think about a, you know, a meter from 1 to 10 that's measuring the quality of the output of the mind, obviously 10 is going to be better than 1. A person who is at a level 10 with the perceptual constructs of their mind, we're going to say, ah, that person is a genius. The person who's at a level 1, we're going to say, eh, not very bright. So when the mind is using corrupt data, it massages its own unconscious content into a false picture that follows the directions the mind is given, and the direction if it's, you made me mad, then the mind's going to take its own angry content and massage it into a picture that makes it look like Whoever the you is involved there is the one who made one mad. And it's the biggest lie ever told. You'll notice every time you've been mad, you're the one who's been there. You're mad. The, the mad content of your mind is yours. It's about you. It's not about anybody else. And so recognizing that... We get to change the game if you can own what's going on in your mind. And the objective here is to understand what the marker is for distortion, perception, and that is any form of hostility or fear. Now, if you want to prove that to yourself, just... Think of a time, and, you know, I, I ask this question often, and everybody laughs and everybody puts their hand up. Has anybody ever accused you of saying something you absolutely never said or doing something that you absolutely never did? Everybody laughs and goes, sure. Now think about the state of mind that people were in when they accused you of doing what you didn't do. Were they in this loving, sweet, wonderful, awesome space? 
or were they in some form of hostility or fear? 100% of the time, it's hostility and fear. Hostility and fear distort the output of the mind. Now, notice it's really clear to you, other people are accusing you and they're in hostility and fear. Boy, their mind's really off track. But notice that you probably still believe that when your mind does hostility or fear, your mind is on track and is telling you the truth and the problem really is them. That's got to be corrected. So all perception, literally the world made up by us, including sensations in the body, are autobiographical. Tell you about yourself. Projection is not the act of pretending that something inside of you is outside of you. It's the act of building realities out of internal content and pretending that that hologram, that image, is actually outside of you. So each person's reality, the perceptual constructs of their mind, are holograms, nothing more than constructs of the mind that give meaning to actuality. It's really important to remember that there's no life in a hologram. To our YouTube channel, and there are many videos on forgiveness, there's a full three hour, up until just a few months ago, the only way to watch the video of why is this happening to me again was by buying a DVD or a streaming link, which you can still do if you want to support us. But you can also go to our YouTube channel and you'll see the full three-hour, the most recent three-hour video workshop of why is this happening to me again. So... Forgiveness, the, the reality management wake-up sheet or worksheet is how you can face and dissolve anything that pulls you out of the presence of love. And that's what we're here to provide. That's what we're here to bring to understanding. I, I'll, I'll ask the question, does that make sense to everybody that's listening? And, and if there's something that doesn't make sense, something that didn't fit, I'd appreciate it if you push one and, and explain to me what else needs to be understood to make this a complete picture. What I'm working to do is make the shortest complete picture of this work that I can. And, of course, I've been through it 10,000 times, so... A lot of things are obvious to me that maybe aren't obvious to someone else. So if there are any pieces missing, if there's anything that I've said in the last, you know, 35 minutes or so that doesn't make sense or that needs augmentation, that needs a little more explanation, that needs just a tweak, I'd appreciate it if you push one and tell me about it. How does this fit for you? Is there anything missing from the puzzle? And, of course, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you or we're syndicated, then by calling our radio show call-in number, 563-999-3581, if you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. And then if you have a question or a comment, all you do is push one, raise a hand in the control panel, and Jeannie will introduce you by your area code. So I'd really seriously like to hear from anyone if there's anything that in this flow of information, step by step, 
isn't making sense for you, if there's a piece missing or something that just didn't quite get across, I would love to hear from you. So if you're out there in this land, push one. Let's have a conversation about it. So, Miss Jeannie, did all the pieces fall in place for you there? And are there any pieces that are needed or are there any clarifications that are needed? Uh, no, I thought it was pretty clear. And I was thinking to, and I'm not sure, Anil's um, video might be um, protected through TED Talk Blocked. or something. Yeah. I've not been able to, yeah. I'm trying to get it to download so I can upload it to our site, but it might not be possible. So, okay. Cool. But well, maybe we could put. I do have the thought that maybe we could put a link to his video in on our site. Just you know, create a picture with a a link to it so that oh, people I've, can reach it easily. Oh, I've got that. Oh, it's already I've, on our I've YouTube channel. I've had it on there for a long time. Uh, no, oh, not cool. on our YouTube, but uh, but on our website. I've had it on there for okay. a long time. Well, maybe we can copy that okay. over to the YouTube channel. If somebody doesn't get to the the site but gets the YouTube channel, bingo, it's there. And if they're looking through it our stuff, they've got access video. to it. I'll work on it, but it has to be a video to go on YouTube. It can't just be a link, but I'll see what I can do. Cool. All right. I bet you'll invent something with nothing else. So if you're out there in listener land, we've got about 20 minutes left. So let's have a conversation. How can we support you? What's on your mind? Call in numbers 563-999-3581. Quiet on the Western Front. It is. Well, I'd love to hear somebody's voice. Complete with my monologue. I'm complete with what I had to say. I'm hoping we gave a complete picture of the, uh, the process of the work. Certainly there must be somebody out there with a thought or a question, someone that would like to have some support. Well, I didn't ask earlier if we had any questions from the app or any emailed questions, anything happening in that arena, if nobody else has got a thought or a question for us. The only thing is that a couple of people have actually asked about uh, food fund forgiveness and work, and they're not clear on how that works, if it's an exchange or if it costs or and if it's definitely going to happen. So other than that, I don't have any other okay. questions. Okay, great. Well, that would be a good thing to give a status check on that. It looks like, you know, we weren't going to do a season at Heartland this year. And we had an inquiry from a group of people who teach the Steiner um, 
schoolwork. And they wanted to come to Heartland in August for a 10-day intensive a group. And it looks like, I talked to him yesterday, it looks like they're about 90% of the way there. And so if that happens, then depending on what interest, we're, we're putting out the feelers for who's interested, we will back up from August the 6th, which is the date they're looking at, and do either a nine-day, why is this happening to me again, or a 17-day teacher training. So that teacher training would probably end something like August the 1st, or I haven't looked at the calendar in terms of dates, but something in that range on a probably a Sunday or a, a, maybe a Friday. Or, or July. You said August. August. You're going to do that before right. that group? And, so it'd be no, July? No, August 6th. August 6th is the uh, the training for the Steiner School group, if it confirms. Right. Then we're going to back up into the end of July. I misspoke that for either a nine-day Y or a 16-day teacher training, if there's enough interest to do that. And then we'll back up from there and do a 16-day food fund forgiveness and work program. The 16-day food fund for, you know, if, if people come to Heartland and do an intensive and we actually, I don't know, we may have to raise our prices a little bit this year because food prices have just, I mean, literally in so many cases gone up 25, 50, 75%. But, and, I, and we haven't really thought through that, but up till now and we haven't raised our prices in, I don't even know, 10 years or more. Basically, Heartland is a, a, a nine-day. Why is this happening to me again? Intensive is fifteen seventy-five. So again, we'll probably have to raise that cost. So maybe another hundred dollars. So sixteen seventy-five probably for a nine-day. And then with the food fund forgiveness, it, it's an economy program. What we do is we do workshop or pardon me to uh, work projects on the property during the day so you're working with other people that are doing the work who are about healing and it, it becomes real world opportunities to learn forgiveness and then in the evenings we'll do workshops each evening and on saturday we'll do mind shifters and still point breathing so you get a big chunk of an intensive in that 16 days and instead of being 1575 for a nine-day time period, or 1675, it will probably be, as I say, uh, it's basically $100 a day for 16 days. So it'd be $1,600 for 16 days, and that'll include everything: you know, workshop, workshop materials, uh, food, and uh, and of course, during the day there'll be work projects. So it's a way to support Heartland, assist us in upgrading the property, getting it, uh, you know, the, the objective of Heartland is to be uh, a jump-off place for the work of forgiveness on a global scale. And so it will be a way to support this work and get into projects that need to be done on the property. With, and it might include anything from, you know, painting to building to um, doing maintenance work around the property, you know, just depends what needs to be done. 
it looks like Terry Bowling, who's a contractor who was at Heartland for two years back several years ago, is probably going to come and kind of head up the workup crew and and uh, and then, as I say, each evening, you know, we'll do dinner, and then after dinner, we'll do a workshop each evening. So it would be, you know, that time period each evening through the 16 days, except for Saturday when we'll do mind shifters and soap on breathing. So Saturday will be a, a whole day. There won't be work projects on Saturday aside from food prep. There won't be work projects. It'll just be going into mind shifters and soap on breathing, and then in the evening we'll do a movie. So. So that's kind of the plan, how the plan's unfolding at this moment. So if you're interested in joining us, drop Jeannie a note or drop me a text or call me if you happen to have my number. But otherwise, drop Jeannie a note, J-E-A-N-I-E, Jeannie, at whyagain.org. So just give her a call and, or drop her a note and make sure to put your information, your phone number and such. And I'll get back to you and see what you're interested in and get you registered if you're going to play. So that's kind of what the summer is looking like. It, with, we had really not thought about uh, doing a summer season because of the whole COVID thing. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to require everybody to do a COVID test prior to arriving. And uh, then we're going to have, actually, that'll be a, that'll be a, whatever it costs us for the nasal spray that I have a friend who's a chiropractor that manufactures uh, a number of different health products, and he's got one for cleansing the nasal passages and the passages down into the lungs. So that's a, a good uh, prophylactic for something like COVID. So, so that's the plan. If you want to play, let us know. And we're down to 15 minutes, so anybody have a thought for us? If not, Miss Jeannie, then I think we should just close the show out. I just You've don't have any more to say You've right now. Oh, You've great. Hello, Good. <laughs> Would rather have that right. than not. Okay, and I believe it is Mr. Terry, 336. You're on the air. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Hey there, young man. We're rocking. How about you? Good. Yep, yep. Just uh, thinking about all that uh, needs to be done. I had a great uh, talk with uh, not only Chuck, but with Michael, uh, the fellow that was there before. I can't pronounce his name. Michael Tate. Yeah, very good conversation with him. Uh, he had uh, very good uh, notes and uh, input on all the units. So um, I wanted to jump in there and ask about, uh, we started a little uh, fundraiser. How's that going? Uh, we'd have to ask Jeannie. Uh, I don't know of anything that's come in in terms of a fundraiser to assist. You know, we've got a roof to put on a building if that all comes together and uh, several projects to do. But Other than the ones that you already got um, about a month ago, there, I haven't seen any come in. Okay, so Michael, how many So Terry, folks, inspire us. Yeah, how many folks have you engaged with over the years, would you imagine? Just a guess oh, golly. Number. 
40,000, 30,000. 40,000 easy. Oh, way, way, way. No, over the years, we're at probably a half a million. But our, we keep our, our mailing list is trimmed down. We've got about 4,000 on our mailing list, I think. Uh-huh. We could get 100 people to donate $100. That would give us $10,000 for much-needed materials. Those material costs are up. You know that. Uh, some they of are the crazy, aren't coming they? Back. Yeah, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of expenses that will need to be covered. Um, just in that alone, the materials and the logistics and getting stuff, all that kind of thing. So if you could get 100 of people whose lives have benefited from this work and throw in 100 bucks, we got a good start. That was, uh, that was my idea, and uh, that gives us a pretty good little uh, amount of uh, money to get started. You know, it would be nice if you could get a 1000 to put a 100 That would be even better. I, I would second that, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, there are there are more projects than I thought of doing if we were we had that kind of funding at this point, for sure. And with Heartland yeah, being closed the last four years, it's uh, been a bit of a challenge uh, with cash flow, so, and then not being on the road, which is was the main thing that kept Heartland supported over the years. Uh, and and of course intensives which we haven't done for four years so it's it's been a it's been a challenge. Yeah, I don't know how I've never done a GoFundMe or any of that stuff, but I know that some of them have been. Uh, my daughter used one to help pay off her tuition, and she was able to uh, pull in uh, several thousands of dollars from friends and family members to help her. Uh, in- you know, final year there at college, just so she can get her degree. And uh, uh, we had a few folks be willing to spread the word, and somebody that knew how to set that up and get it spinning, so we could really get some traction there. Great idea. Maybe we'll look into that. And yeah. I hadn't really thought of that particularly, but we'll take a look. So that's that was just my thoughts and input for today. Appreciate you being there, and uh, I've uh, uh, continued to enjoy and uh, evolve with the worksheets. And uh, you know, I noticed that when I take a little break from doing the worksheets, then there's uh, a little resistance that comes up uh, reengaging and. Uh, the resistance uh, come, that come, came up for me this time was primarily around um, uh, some of the fill-in-the-blanks and the warp verbiage, you know, and my mind wanted to jumble it around. So um, uh, fortunately, with my background and, and the number of sheets I've done, after about four or five, I started to get back in the groove. And, oh, yeah, clicking on it. So if anybody's having any trouble with that, I know you guys have tons and tons and tons of resources and archives and stuff, and 
I would just encourage them to push through those one until it clicks and they get an aha. And I got something that I thought I had dealt with in relation to my father, and uh, that came up, and it was it was really beautiful because it was an interaction with uh, someone that had never uh, been around dad or you know wasn't around me in that period of life and all, but they had uh, assumed the role of some of the behaviors, and I was like, why is this going, what is happening to me again? <laughs> it's like I have layered this, uh, these issues onto this person who I said, I know they don't deserve this. What is going on? And I had had to work through a few uh, worksheets, but uh, uh, because, of the, because of the foundation, again, I say, it was uh, pretty remarkable that I was able to cut through uh, several layers of nonsense to get down to the power person dynamic and look at the the true uh, issue there. It's such an important thing to do. It's just beyond comprehension, really. you got to experience it to know it. Yes, yes. And did that – have you been on the show since we started? No, I was caught, get, taking care of some things. I jumped on as soon as I could, oh, okay. so I missed the okay. first part. I was just wondering what, what you I thought mean? of the synopsis. Yeah. Okay, but if you didn't hear the whole thing, we couldn't get an answer, but that's okay. Yeah, no, no. It's got a real short overview. We're almost out of time. Cool. I'm actually working on pairing the... Um, the workshop or the the whole concept down into a book that's going to take less than a half an hour to read and have video links to all the key and complex pieces of it, making an e-book out of it and just something that people can just zip, literally go through in in less than that, well, go through the reading part of it in half an hour and then watch the links. There'll be several hours of links in it to complete the picture and, you know, offer the worksheet process. That's a fantastic idea. And, you know, one thing that reminds me of something else I was going to throw out there to you. I'll jump on Amazon and I'll pick up a couple of copies of, why again and give out a couple and I try to keep, you know, three or four in my library and um, they're getting a little bit harder and harder to find. I thought, how about Kindle edition? I would buy a Kindle edition in a minute. You know, have you guys, yeah. uh, I'm sure you've looked into that and all that stuff. Yeah, actually I'm thinking, I'm looking at doing a, a digital book so that people will be able to just, you know, it'll be for a phone or a computer or, or a Kindle so that they can hit a link and go to the video so they get a, a complete video picture of whatever it is they're working on. Yeah, I get that concept, and that'd be great. I would also like to be able to get a copy of the Y Again original in Kindle. Okay. Good input. We'll look at it. That's my that's on my wish list. Okay. Well, we'll put it out there. Maybe somebody has some uh, could could give us some support and input on the technology end of moving what we've got into a Kindle book. So, yeah. Too, if there's anybody out there that's 
into the technology. I think Amazon has some type of support to help people achieve that, especially since you've already yeah. got your book all together. Right. Cool. Good thinking. We'll put it in the archives or in the hopper and see what comes out. All right, buddy. Thank you, sir. Okay, my friend, I appreciate your support. Look forward Bye-bye. to hanging out with you at Heartland this summer. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, well, we're down to about four minutes, maybe a little less. So we got time for one more quick question. There with a thought for right. us, push one. We're actually down to less than two minutes. Less than two minutes. Well, then we'll just say once again, if you're interested in joining us this summer, then please uh, drop Janie a note, J-E-A-N-I-E at org. And in the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pache as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Mind Shifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.